0: Welcome to some would say,
1: casual chats for curious people. Your weekly podcast, hosted by us, Amelia Rose
0: and Lara May, unpacking all things life, from the arts to well-being, from work to play, and hearing what others have to say. Today, we chatted with Shay Cadler, who is a naturopath here on the Gold Coast and founder of the Wellness Emporium.
1: Shay shares a little into her tumultuous childhood and how her severe health battles led her from a teaching career to natural medicines and eventually studying naturopathy
0: today's focus was around all things menstrual cycles what the ideal cycle is including what color the blood should be why you might be experiencing symptoms of pms as well as her favorite foods and herbs to support healthy happy hormones let's hear what she has to say Shay, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. We're going to start uh, today by asking the same question that we ask all our guests. If we were to take you on a night out, what is your DJ song request and why? And what would we order you to drink?
2: Mm, okay, so um, I, I guess now being in my thirties, I listen to more acoustic stuff rather than sort of DJ <laughs> intense dance music. But going back to the old days, I would definitely choose and still would probably something from uh, Swedish House Mafia. Um, I like that. It's don't you don't you worry, child. It's just oh, got a yeah. good beat and it's like it's very uplifting. Um, and it's, and I think it just aligns with everything. Like, just don't worry about things. Things will work out. I think that's kind of the lyrics. I don't really know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I know the song. Yeah. And drink wise, lately I've been enjoying, um, an old school drink in aviation. So a gin based cocktail. Ooh. What's yeah. that involve? Gin and it's al- other it, alcohol. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's pretty much pure, pure alcohol. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, gin. Lime, violet, and um, I think there's something. Oh, a maraschino, like a cherry liqueur sort of thing. So it's just pure alcohol, but it's absolutely delicious.
1: Yum. <laughs> give it a go. Yeah, that sounds delicious. <laughs> well, for those who don't know you, could you tell us a little bit about your upbringing and who Shay is?
2: Yeah, so I was born actually at the Gold Coast Hospital, which is no longer there anymore. When I was about two, we moved to Brisbane, so uh, grew up there. Uh, my dad and my mum split up pretty young, so it was uh, it was pretty much predominantly brought up by my mum. went to school in Brizzy, went to a Catholic school for my whole 12 years. I moved out of home pretty young. I didn't have the most healthiest childhood. There was a lot of trauma, a lot of um, just an unhealthy home, but then I was diagnosed at about the age of eight with ulcerative colitis, which is a bowel disease. So I was not the most, um, yeah, healthiest child and was in and out of hospital at a very young age. When I left home, I left home at the age of 16 um, and I think things really shifted for me then. Um, I went from like a probably a naughty child my teachers would say a B student to pretty much an A student in year 11 and 12 and um, I really enjoyed studying by then my rebellion years might have been a little bit over and then I um, finished up school and went to university and studied teaching first of all so um, that was my first first career anyway
1: yeah! Wow! And so you went from teaching <laughs> into naturopathy.
2: <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. Which, which pretty much like there's so many um, like similarities in regards to what I do now. I guess I was, I, yeah. So I went straight from school. I, I did uni in year twelve, and I got an automatic automatic op of one with Griffith University because I did the, this guest program um, with the academics. And I was like, you know, you're 17, what do you do? Um, Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know what I want to do. I love science and I was really good at math science, um, but I really wanted to travel the world and still help people. So teaching was a really kind of, I don't know, probably at that time, a good career choice, Uh, but I didn't really teach for long. I I taught off and on for about five years and taught in, I did travel, I ended up traveling, which was good. Um, I taught in Asia and lived there and I, Toured in the detention centres in Nauru in Micron- Micronesia. So um, yeah, then then ended up getting really sick in my twenties, early twenties, and um, that really brought me into the natural health world. I spent pretty much all my money, all my savings, on natural health practitioners, natural health treatments, and and all my time I was just spending researching. Everything to do with natural health. So I thought it was pretty clear that I should follow that path and do something in natural medicine, which I did.
0: Yeah, wow. It sounds like maybe through natural medicine, you feel like you've come good as well, I and mean, you look healthy. <laughs>
2: I know I do get that a lot it's funny when I work with specialists and um, I go in for my own health reasons they're like you look super healthy on the outside I'm like yeah my insides are definitely a lot better than they were before I I got into natural medicine so it's really interesting the journey with my um, specialists and my GPs and they've seen that over the years so uh, definitely a lot healthier than I was in my early 20s and then when I also so I was first diagnosed when I was really young so yeah. yes it's been a good journey. So
0: your interest in natural health did did that spark you to go and study naturopathy then Is, and then and then how did it come to be that you found the wellness emporium from there? Yes
2: yeah, so I um yeah studied naturopathy for four years three four years uh so I just think I was a serial studier pretty much in my 20s. Um and then I really wanted to align both of like the education background I had and the natural medicine and I came up with opening a clinic, the Wellness Emporium, which not only is there to and I guess I had so much experience with different health practitioners I really knew what I liked and what I wanted to improve on in my own practice. So Mm. I really pulled that education part from my background because I wanted to create a clinic where people come not only to get better and seek natural medicine um, for preventative and treatment of conditions, but also to understand what they're going through, be educated and well-informed of the what is going on and the why it's going on and what we can do about it. So I think that can often lack um, in the industry sometimes where We're just given supplements or we're given, you know, told what to do in every kind of health industry, but we're not, we weren't, like, I wasn't sure when I was doing it, I wasn't sure why I was taking it Mm. or what was really happening. So Mm. um, that's why I created the Wellness Emporium, which is very educational based. And um, I get really great results with our clients and not even from more the physical side, we obviously get a really great result physically, but they leave the consult going, wow, I understand what's going on now and why.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's great. I can 100% vouch for that. I am one of Shay's <laughs> clients and I have been for years now like I've been seeing Shay. Yes. I swear I almost consider you my doctor like <laughs> I'm <laughs> in terms of like GPs and stuff, I'm definitely more towards, you know, naturopath sort of way, but um yeah, I um, I always yeah. say that to anyone that is interested in seeing a naturopath I'm like you should see my naturopath she's amazing you'll always leave like knowing exactly why you're taking certain things so it's really funny that you say that that is like one of your core missions in the wellness emporium because it shines through like so well
2: yeah, great. I'm glad to hear that. It's really good, and and it's not just me. It's I've I've got um, three other natural fast that work for me, and they're all very education based. And it's it's changing the industry as well. Like even the new graduates coming out, they are very much education based, and they are very good at explaining what's going on. So I think that's drilled into them now at college, which is amazing. So
1: yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, today's chat we wanted to talk about something that most of our listeners, i think 98% of our listeners are female. So, we wanted to talk about something that applies to pretty much everyone and that is menstrual cycles. And so, we wanted to get Shay's <laughs> Shay's expertise and ask her a few questions that I know a lot of people um often may think or may not even understand themselves and so I don't know I guess the best way to start off is could you talk to us about what the ideal menstrual cycle actually is
2: yeah definitely so in you know- an Ideal world <laughs> with little quotes there. 28 day cycle, you know, give or take a few days is our ideal number um, of days of our cycle. We want like a menstrual bleed that generally lasts from two to seven days. So that's completely normal. Anything longer that, than that, we kind of say with that, well, that needs to be investigated. Same with irregular cycles, it's a red flag for us. You know, the color of our blood really matters as well. So really healthy blood is that healthy, bright red blood. We want to. There's, you know, there's so many different other colours you want to look out for. But if you're getting that dark brown blood, or black blood, blood, or yellow blood, or anything like that, that needs to be investigated as well. Um, a big thing that a lot of women experience is cramping or painful periods. Uh, a, a, a cramp, like it's, it's generally common to get you know, some sort of like mild cramps, but cramps shouldn't interrupt your daily activities um, and they should never feel like a stabbing pain. So I guess that's, you know, things to look out for. And then obviously what what we want in an ideal cycle as well. Mm.
1: And so in terms of like your hormones throughout those cycles, what's actually going on in our body?
2: Yes. So generally, because people talk about, you know, that second phase, most women are like, Oh, my first, first 14 days feel amazing, hit ovulation. And then things sometimes generally go down from there. And often we see like, I think like there's like, if you even just Google like uh, hormones in the menstrual cycle, you'll see like estrogen is fluctuating throughout our cycle. um, But progesterone peaks at that day 21. So, that's generally where so that's generally say seven days prior to our period is where people start experiencing say pms type symptoms um if that is out of balance so yeah hormones are fluctuating throughout the cycle often we hear about progesterone and estrogen it's probably the most common commonly known um female sex hormones we discuss uh in in the menstrual cycle but there's a number of other ones going on as well
1: It's really interesting um, to hear about like the blood and what the colour of the blood is, because I feel like not a lot of people know that, mm-hmm. like especially in schools, like we, I was yeah. never taught that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. What to look out for. That's that's all the things that I get to, I question all my clients and it's really good for you know, women are getting so much more interested in their cycle. What's a healthy cycle? What's not? Um, we're talking about it more now in our groups, in our friends, over dinner, over drinks. Like we, we, it's being more commonly chatted about. And hopefully you know, that can go into the schools um, as well. So, you know, what to look out for. We're seeing younger and younger girls come through the clinic as well, which is, you know, we've always had these issues. So it's kind of a good thing because they're getting onto this early now and investigating a lot earlier as I guess my generation, it was, You know, people just waited till maybe, maybe until they wanted to get pregnant and then they're like, oh, okay, why can't I fall pregnant? And then there's, you know, all these other issues they're experiencing. But I also see women in their 40s and they're like, oh, I just thought that was normal. And I'm like, "Mm, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) definitely not normal, but it's because it wasn't talked, because it's not talked about um, often with that age group.
0: Yeah, yeah, I remember periods used to be yeah. a, like a taboo topic back mm. when we were young. It was like, oh, don't talk yeah. about periods. That's weird. But now, yeah, yeah it's so heavily accepted <laughs> and maybe the, the young young girls coming through, um, maybe they're seeing it on social media that people are just much more open about it and that's like can only be a positive thing, I suppose.
2: Definitely. Yeah. Mm. Much more awareness about, about it as well, because, you know, when I do consults, I always ask like, oh, is there any family history of that? Have you asked, you know, especially like fertility, did your grandmother have any fertility issues? And it's like, oh no, she doesn't talk about any of that stuff. Even menopause, they don't talk about. So it's really hard. Like hopefully, Mm. you know, the generations now that, that are coming, coming through that are more open, we're going to understand health history a lot more and family history a lot more as well. Mm. Totally.
0: Something that um, I think a lot of people struggle with around their period is breaking out. Why is this happening? Can you tell us a bit about that?
2: Yeah, so it is quite common. Um, not everybody gets it, but a lot. Of, I guess we see a lot of gut, skin, and hormones in clinics. So I definitely see, see that um, a lot. So it is one of the symptoms we class under PMS along with a number of other ones. Uh, but it's due to that hormonal fluctuation as well or really, there's a hormonal imbalance going on. So that can actually pretty much drive inflammation because acne is an inflammatory condition, but it's also driving that excess sebum levels. So that then breeds bacteria and then results in acne. And the hormones that are generally implicated are those hormones we just mentioned, like progesterone and estrogen, but also our androgens. So those male sex hormones, which stimulate excess sebum. So the oil on the skin, for bacteria to thrive, and that's why it's peaking in that that luteal phase because there's this hormonal imbalance going on and more fluctuation of hormones going on. Yeah,
1: right. You speak to me a lot about like excess estrogen, progesterone, <laughs> all these hormones. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what what's what does all this mean? And what are some of the signs of maybe like excess estrogen or low pre? pre- <laughs> how do you say it progesterone Progesterone.
2: (laughs) Progesterone. yeah yeah and i do i talk about it a lot um it's often on my social media as well i think um so pretty much each so if we go through like each one so estrogen gets a bad rap it does get like because i always talk about in excess um but obviously at different parts of our life it can be actually deficient um but estrogen uh, like estrogen is not a bad hormone, but uh, if it's out of balance, it's going to contribute to a whole lot of issues. But estrogen, for like even talking about like the good side of estrogen, it plays a really important role in like bone and muscle health, um, glucose, like balancing our blood glucose levels and cholesterol levels. So estrogen out of balance is going to cause some issues there. When we're looking at signs of excess estrogen, we're thinking like mood swings, uh, uterine fibroids because they are an estrogen dominant condition or estrogen fed condition thyroid issues um nervousness anxiety that irritability um water retention is a really common one with excess estrogen women will um, complain of having like just feeling a lot like more bloated in the face and you know swelling in the legs and that sort of stuff irregular menses but also that heavy menses as well so heavy menstruation can be a sign of excess estrogen Uh, weight gain, especially around the estrogen dominant areas like our abdomen, our arms, our um, hips and things like that. Um, And then like fatigue and sweet cravings. When we're looking at progesterone, um, and it's because these two generally go hand in hand, often we'll see, not always, but in say 80% of women will have signs of excess estrogen and signs of low progesterone. So progesterone um, is actually considered like really commonly known as the pregnancy hormone because it's peaking, as I said, in that on that day 21. It's involved in um, basically thickening the uterine lining uh, to really maintain a pregnancy. But then if we don't get pregnant, then we shed off that lining and that, that results in menstruation. So as I said, it peaks around that five to seven days after ovulation. Um, but then signs of low progesterone are similar to the signs of excess estrogen, but you can also, um, have things like swollen breasts, low libido, um, irregular menses as well, depression, PMS, cramping, infertility, of course, because if you're not, you don't have enough progesterone, then you're not thickening that uterine lining enough. Um, other signs we look out for is like that sporting that brown blood um, prior to your period because like the uterine lining's not slopping off prop- properly as well. Um, and then acne is a sign of low progesterone too.
0: Yeah, right. And and all those things kind of t- I suppose tie into what PMS is, or is PMS a completely different thing?
2: So yeah, PM, pretty pretty much a lot of those are like classed in that PMS um, category. So PMS is premenstrual syndrome. Mm-hmm. So it's just a collective of symptoms that occur in that second half of the menstrual cycle. So all those symptoms um, that I mentioned, they might actually occur um, outside of that second half of the menstrual cycle. But when we're talking particularly just about PMS, it's just that second half of the menstrual cycle yeah. and they pretty much subside on the onset of period. So on the onset of the period so women will say it's like oh I just felt terrible leading up to my period or I felt heavier I um was real moody and then the day I got my period I was like oh a new woman again Mm -hmm. so that's what commonly happens with PMS yeah and relate
0: yeah (laughs) we were having this conversation the other day we were like I wish it would just hurry up and arrive you know when you're waiting for it and it's like come on just let me feel normal again
1: (laughs) Yes, oh, my gosh. I,
0: yeah. You'll be yeah. so
1: happy to know, Shay. I haven't seen Shay in a few months, but you'll be so happy to know that my period oh, yes. has been oh so God. regular. Shh, shh, come here. Come here. <laughs> Sorry, dog's barking. My period's been so regular for, like, three months. I'm talking, like, 30 days, and then this month since moving and, That's like, amazing. stress and... I feel like everything's just been out of whack a little bit in the last month it's so crazy my body just like responds to like heavy amounts of stress like straight away it's like oh no we can't get pregnant sorry
2: (laughs) and it does and that's the thing like i always say to women think of your period as your report card for that month or two before like you know, was there a lot of stress? Was there out of out of routine? Did you go on holiday? Was there excess amounts of alcohol? So, you know, there, there's so many things that um, people will respond to um, like food changes, all of those things. Um, it is literally like your report card. So, you know, if some people have really good, really good um, periods and it's like, what were you doing in that time? And then what were you doing when it just went out of whack again? So it really helps um, people pinpoint what is their triggers
0: as well yeah i went through an experimental stage of eliminating some foods at the start of the year and i did it for like a few months and i it was the first time in my life that my periods weren't painful and it just i i don't naturally get i'm not notorious for getting really painful periods i just had you know your standard kind of lower back pain and a bit of discomfort around the front but it was the first time i literally i think two or three periods in a row no pain, no lead up symptoms. I was like, am I getting it? Am I pregnant? Am I pregnant? What's going on? Because I didn't get any of those. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, It was actually bizarre, but just from cutting out some certain foods, obviously eating those foods now, but um, yeah, it's just amazing how your diet can affect that pain that you think is so normal, but might
2: not be. Yeah. 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 And that's, you know, coming back to that inflammation, like a lot of conditions that we experience in the body are driven by inflammation. Stress equals inflammation. Unhealthy food choices contribute to inflammation. So when we come to that, you know, treatment of a lot of conditions or it's all about reducing inflammation in the body, so the body can naturally balance itself out. And we mm. can do that so much through, you know, the foundations of food and changing our lifestyle. Yeah, mm.
1: totally. With the um, low-press wow why can i not say this word today <laughs> I love it. say it together
0: progesterone, progesterone.
1: <laughs> and excess estrogen <laughs> um what are some things that we can do about this like if someone was experiencing symptoms what can they do in their lifestyle yeah
2: yeah so from a naturopathic point of view there's so many things to to take into consideration um because as i said it's all about restoring balance but some of the things let's start with food i guess because you know food is is the foundation to health and if we're looking at certain foods the biggest thing is is where you can is opting for organic um grass-fed fruits, veg, meats, that sort of stuff, because then you're reducing your exposure to unwanted chemicals, pesticides, hormones, antibiotics, because all of that um, contributes to inflammation and oxidative stress in the body. And then that's going to contribute to, you know, a system out of whack. Mm -hmm. Um, So local farmers markets, I know on the Gold Coast here, we're lucky we've got, you know, down the road, Burley Heads Farmers Markets, which is my kind of go-to on a Saturday or your organic markets on a sunday but most places now it's really good to see more and more farmers markets are popping up so that's definitely one um omegas omega-3 fatty acids they're highly anti-inflammatory and they actually help to correct that hormonal imbalance caused by inflammation in the body so when we think about your omega-3s um, we're thinking oily fish sardines anchovies salmon um, trout and then like things like avo, um, avocado, walnuts, almonds, hemp seeds, linseeds, and those oils as well. I think I think I might have asked, gave this one to you, Amelia. Is like cruciferous vegetables. Is like your broccoli your cauliflower, your cabbage, your Brussels sprouts, kale, all all of those types of vegetables actually help to promote the elimination of estrogen in the body. Leafy greens is another one because they actually contain a source of lutein. So this is a really powerful antioxidant that has been shown to support healthy progesterone function. And they're also really rich in uh, my favorite hormone-supporting nutrients like B vitamins, magnesium, and zinc. So these types like your green leafy, Is going to help them with symptoms of PMS, of painful periods, of cramping, stress, and poor sleep as well. And eating plenty of fiber is another big one because, you know, the gut is the seat to all health. And if we can have enough fiber, we're going to promote healthy bowel function. And that's literally our main detoxification pathway. If we're not pulling, we're recycling all those like um, toxins and hormones and all of that sort of stuff. So if we have enough fiber in our diet, which we're looking at minimum three cups of vegetables a day, um, we're going to be able to promote healthy bowels and clear excess hormones out of the body so they're probably my big ones when it comes to um hormones there's plenty of things you shouldn't be doing like avoiding alcohol avoiding coffee because that's going to um uh, uh pretty much impact that detoxification process as well and obviously getting good sleep um and regular exercise but not overdoing it as well because that can impact our hormones um, and reducing stress so doing things like meditation and that sort of stuff
0: yeah, that's great. Um, you've mentioned a few foods there that um are helpful to keep some healthy h- hormones going. But do you have some some herbs as well that you can
2: recommend? Yeah, so herbs are very very individualized. Um, Amelia has a taste. The lovely tasting herbs that we put together in the clinic. All the herbs. How you, how, how could, how, before I go into that, how would you how would you describe those herbs?
1: Oh gosh, it's like doing a shot of tequila
2: with like
1: I don't know dirt inside it. But after you after you get it down, yeah, yeah. after a few times, you're sweet. Like honestly, yeah. I swear I could just be like dong dong and off you go. <laughs> just need to wash yeah. it down with stuff after <laughs> in like, certain- have some water so, yeah
2: <laughs> yeah you you need a prep like you have your shot of of herbs and then you have something straight after um yeah so herbs are great we do we use so many different herbs in clinic and it really depends on how the individual is presenting but the common herbs you'll hear of a lot when you're looking at hormones is things like chase tree or vitex um vitex is a great herb for regulating the period indirectly increasing progesterone levels um, but again it's really uh, should be used with caution because you shouldn't use it in certain conditions like polycystic ovarian syndrome so we do a lot of testing prior to um, prescribing certain herbs and it shouldn't be used long term Peony and licorice are um, two of like the most common herbs we use in things like picos um places to go syndrome, um, but we use that to balance hormones as well. Ginger is a great herb for people that experience cramping and pain because it's an anti-spasmolytic. So having ginger tea is really great. Um, adding rosemary to your foods because rosemary is another herb I'll I'll use in in herbal tinctures. But you can add that to your food because that's going to help with liver detoxification. Um, Licorice tea, I I don't, I'm not a massive fan of it, but I do suggest it. Um, (laughs) And yeah, because licorice tea, ginger tea, ginger tea, especially leading up to your period. Chamomile, especially um, if you're getting more of that anxiety, irritability, chamomile tea or chamomile in your herbal tincture is gonna help calm that down as well. Mm -hmm.
1: I can vouch for ginger 100%. Like I will just grate up ginger, fresh ginger root (laughs) put it on the pan or something um, or even just like put it in a cup and then boil, put boiling water in it and sip away. And then like I'll eat the little ginger yeah. bits down the bottom yeah. too and it helps with period pain so much. <laughs> like personally, yeah, it's so good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. On the topic of ginger. It's really
2: good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I had some like kidney um, issues recently and um, – just, yeah, chopping up ginger and turmeric and popping it in some boiling water on the stove, drinking that just like assisted that, those pains so much. Like I just couldn't believe it. It was literally happening before yeah, my eyes. Yeah. I was like, oh, my gosh, mm. <laughs> how is this root just like so healing? Yeah. yeah.
2: It's proven that it's um, – Yeah, highly anti-inflammatory. Mm.
1: Yeah. Didn't – you told me once it's – what's the word? It's like like a painkiller. What's the
2: painkiller side of it? <laughs> It has something to do with... Analgesic, analgesic. That's it. Analgesic. So analgesic is the, It's more, um, ginger's more an anti spasmolytic, so, yeah, it helps with, like, um, helps with relaxing the pain. Um, as we've got other analgesic, when we're talking, like, yeah, painful periods, um, PEA is really good as well because that's an analgesic and anti-inflammatory, and it's being used more and more. Your fish oils as well, they're, like, especially there's... Um, spms um specializing media resolvers i think i now i've now i've lost lost mm-hmm. that um but they're also an analgesic and anti-inflammatory um so yeah there's a few different analgesic herbs california poppy is one so yeah there's so many the good thing about herbal tinctures when we do them in clinic is we get to make it up depending on each person like there's never one set herbal tonic that I would ever use because everybody's presenting with different things and different triggers. Like stress not, might not be a trigger for some someone else or, or someone else might be, you know, traveling a lot and drinking a lot. So we need more liver herbs in there. So, um, or they get more anxiety than, and some women might get more of the kind of angry aggressions. So yeah, it really depends. And then we've got herbs for like acne, which work wonders as well. So we can pop those into into the herbs for hormones so Mm. yeah i love herbs as you could probably tell
1: i love anything to do with like natural remedies i love hearing that something that grows out of the earth like can heal you i just think it's so like it's so important to talk about too because i don't know just in western society it's it used to not be something that anyone talked about. It's definitely more prominent now, but yeah, yeah I love hearing the education behind it as well. And even simple, like simple things such as like broccoli and like kale, like that actually has a purpose. Yeah. That's, um, medicinal. Yeah. Medicinal. It's not just food. You know what I mean? It's like so much more than that.
2: Yeah, Yeah. And that's why it's so important to get those foundations, right? Like you know, some people will come to me and they're like, look, I, you know, financially wise it might be, or they just don't want to take supplements. So, um, and you know, just correcting diet and changing some lifestyle things can work wonders. And, um, you know, they're the harder things to often change as well It's easy enough to take a pill or shot a herb, but if you're not doing, you know, changing your diet, then you're not going to get the um, results as well. So I'm very, um, like very onto it when it comes to that i'm like you need to change your food and your lifestyle Mm. because i can give you all the herbs in the world and it might do you know something of course it's going to change something but you know you're going to heal a lot faster if you can change um, your diet and lifestyle to you know support your healing as well
0: Mm. yeah great advice um shay what have you got coming up that people listening should be aware of any goals in the pipeline
2: Oh, goals, goals. I've always got goals. I'm always <laughs> playing around with everything. I can't sit still. <laughs> um, actually, at the moment, I've literally just started advertising for other practitioners. So I really, you know, at the moment we have a Natch and I also in our space, we do have an acupuncturist, but I really want to keep expanding um, and growing our clinic and getting psychologists in we work with an amazing doctors, but they don't currently work out of our clinic. So hopefully, in the next year, we've, um, we're expanding in that in that area, and we're getting more like a, a you know a multimodality clinic is really where I am headed. So we can have that one-stop shop and people feel comfortable coming coming to our clinic as well. We, we refer out so much, you know, we know we can't do it all as Pass and we have a really great community and referral base in our community, but I'd love to bring that into one space. So that's definitely my goals. And then um, really in, keep on working on the education side of thing and doing some online stuff, hopefully next year.
0: How cool. exciting, great. Yeah. I, and these doctors that you talk of, are they integrative? doctors that you work with or are they just general gps
2: yeah so we've got like a number like i work with a number of integrated doctors and also just gps Mm. Um, a lot of the gps i work with have, have some sort of you know training a lot of them do you know come along to the events that we do um some of them have gone through their own health experience where natural medicine really worked for them so they know you know where our role fits and helps helps their patients as well so that's a good thing you know if you go through something that can change your perspective as well so So um it really depends on what what the client is coming for where i'd refer so um yeah
0: yeah i love that you're you're trying to focus on um all the different people that are involved in healing because it isn't always like a one-stop shop it mm. is there's totally so many elements involved yeah yeah mm. oh that's oh yeah yeah definitely
2: mm-hmm.
1: that's so exciting shay um we love to end our chat with a little bit of fun and <laughs> we love to play a game of okay. would you rather <laughs> So, and Shay hasn't seen these questions as well. Like with all our guests, we keep them a secret. Uh. <laughs> so, the first question
0: is And I think we already know the answer to this. Yeah, after. we actually kind of
1: talked about it before. Okay, <laughs> would you rather never be able to shop at the farmer's market again or never take supplements again? <laughs>
2: Would I, hang on now. <laughs> I never, yeah, I'd, I want to shop at the farmer's market. Yeah. So never take supplements again. <laughs> yeah. when, you were,
1: when you were talking that's about yeah, the Burley. <laughs> yeah, when you were talking about the Burley farmer's market, I was like, oh, I know the answer to this yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> right,
0: Questions? Definitely, because food forms the basis if I can't have that. <laughs> that's it, you need your foundation. Would you rather cry randomly for 20 minutes every day or never be able to cry
2: again oh I don't mind not crying (laughs) maybe never crying again that's so
0: interesting
1: (laughs) (laughs) to be honest I don't know if I would say cry randomly like I think I would say never cry again
0: Really? Yeah. I
2: love crying. Yeah, <laughs> I think what it's if, the best. But that just shows you how different everyone is. It's very detoxifying, definitely. Mm. Yeah, it's very detoxifying. I like it if I if you know, I'm in the space to do it, but I don't know about crying randomly. But I guess we laugh, we cry, we laugh yeah true it could (laughs) be it could be a happy cry you
0: could just crack a smile if it's happening confuse everyone
1: (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) all right next question (laughs) would you rather have to hunt everything you eat or eat only mcdonald's for every meal
2: (laughs) realistic have to hunt everything. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah,
2: yeah I definitely. Think... I, I don't know how I'd go, but I, I'll give it a go. <laughs> <laughs> give it a crack.
0: <gasps> it's okay. The, the alternative yeah. is you starve. I mean, it's fine, you know. Yeah. <laughs> All right.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Last question. Would you rather never see sunlight again or never laugh again? Oh, no.
2: I like both. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, I can't choose. <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> Sometimes these questions are just so know. annoying. You're just like, but why? Like, it wouldn't maybe even happen. Just so. all just
2: goes, <laughs> um, I like sunshine, so maybe I'd have to find other ways to express my happiness yeah. than laughing. I need sunshine, so. <laughs>
1: yeah, I always say you could still smile. Uh, yep. Like, you could still be like, <laughs> and like yeah.
2: pretend, pretend to laugh. You know, there's there's ways oh. there's ways around this. Yeah. So good. Yeah. There's oh. ways around it as there's no way he's not seeing the sun, so it needs sunshine. Exactly.
1: Well, thank you so much, Shay, for coming on and chatting with us. It's been such a such an insightful chat, and I know everyone's going to learn a lot from this. Um, where where can we find you, and where can we find the Wellness Emporium?
2: So website's the easy one. So it's just thewellnessemporium.com.au or you can follow us on Instagram um, and it is the.wellness.emporium. So either one is, yeah, is easy to find.
1: Oh, awesome. Thank you so much.
2: Yeah, thank you. I've learned so much thanks for having me so <laughs> it's been welcome. fun we laughed a lot so yeah. we just might have to um change change our way of expressing laughter if <laughs> I, <if that> <laughs> <was>. <laughs> there is no
1: more laughing from now on <laughs> yeah and crying no
2: crying <laughs>
0: uh, oh thank no you No
2: crying no laughing oh i really chose the emotional one <laughs> <laughs> yeah. thanks uh, shay talk but, soon talk soon thanks guys bye
1: thanks for listening to today's chat if you loved what we had to say, hit subscribe, leave us a review,
0: and find us on Instagram at Some Would Say Podcast. Talk then.